Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hello and welcome to this week's Fairweather Podcast. My name's Alan and I will be writing solo this week. Uh, everyone knows that Marissa is in the midst of moving and arranging, so she is unavailable uh, to join us today, uh, and we are also missing out on Chris. Uh, so if you want to drop some stuff in the comments, go for it. I will be responding as we travel our way through the le- week that was and will be for San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Uh, first off, uh, some news and notes from what's going on around in uh, the loyal land. First up, Austin Guerrero. Congratulations to Austin Guerrero on winning Team of the Week for his second time, second start, two shutouts, uh, two teams, teams of the week, team of the weeks, teams of the week, teams of the week. That's how we're going to go with it. And uh, congratulations to him. I know he will, uh, and he has said this on social media that this is a team effort. Uh, and for some of them, it really was, especially. Uh, Josh Yarrow coming up big. We'll talk about that one uh, when we get to Los Dos. Uh, but congratulations to him. Well-deserved. Uh, I know it's going to be tough to uh, sit there and uh, not be the first che- first choice goalkeeper, uh, but to come up big when your number's called. And that's what uh, the team's all about is that depth. And uh, when it's your turn, uh, when it's your turn to step up, uh, it's your turn to step up. And Austin Gray did a great job with that. Some other things hopping around uh, today um, or the social medias the past couple days, if you haven't noticed, uh, Loyal to Inclusion is going to run August 2nd to 27th. Uh, last year, this was the Radies uh, Children's Hospital fundraiser. Uh, this year, they're targeting gender reaffirming surgery uh, and that program. And uh, there's a lot of buzz out there on social media, not so much on the team site per se, uh, but there are three teams this year. Last year it was Team Nate, Team Landon, and Team Kerry. This year it's going to be, it uh, looks like it's going to be Team Loyal Supporters against Loyal Select versus the team itself. Uh, as you can imagine right now, the Loyal Supporters are well out in front. Uh, so check out your social media feeds uh, regarding uh, that fundraiser that's been going on. I'm sure there'll be more news and announcements uh, for that, you've seen it on some folks' Facebooks. I've seen it on some of our friends, our soccer friends' uh, Twitter feeds as well. So a way to give back to that community, to our community. Uh, they've been doing like beach cleanups and actual acts of uh, service to the community. There's another way to give some, uh, those of you who can't and don't want to bend over or go out to the beach and pick up trash. This is a great way to give back to your community, especially one of the team sponsors in Rady's Children's Hospital. Uh, so keep your eye on the social medias. I'm sure we'll be posting about it as well and uh, highlighting those folks who are joining the teams to support such a worthy cause. Uh, some other news and notes from around the league. Uh, they just announced that USL will be shown in Italy, uh, which is pretty fun. They signed a broadcast partner. Uh, so if you are traveling in Italy during the season, don't worry, you might be able to find some USL. If you happen to have friends uh, in Italy, uh, you can uh, let them know that USL is on their way to them. Uh, but this is also just kind of shows that USL is looking to broaden their international appeal. Uh, this is something that USL has kind of been pretty proud of, especially in the Caribbean. 
uh, is to broaden their horizons and their reach beyond just the United States, uh, but also to bring in fan supporters and uh, maybe even some players uh, from other regions besides just the United States. And so they just announced that. Um, not sure what that's going to look like, uh, but it's great that there are some broadcast partners in Italy. Uh, the other news from USL is this is Supporters Month. So there's a lot of uh, initiatives to support local supporters uh, and ways to give back. So if you're looking for like a sign kit or uh, I think every week there is some sort of shenanigans that you can participate in at the league, uh, check out the USL Championship website uh, to support fellow supporters culture. And those are the folks that are... Um, those are the folks that are uh, doing a great job to highlight uh, the fans and supporters of this wonderful league we call the USL Championship. And I believe League One is in there as well. Uh, Felipe, thank you for watching Brazil on the US ESPN app in Brazil. Uh, yeah, this, this league is international. Uh, so we encourage uh, those of you who are not living in the United States or if you have to travel somewhere, you might be able to find USL on streaming services such as ESPN. Uh, I believe YouTube was a really big one back in the day uh, before ESPN came in. Um, but this just means that more people from all over the world are getting a chance to watch the beautiful game and specifically the USL. Um, some other news that might be of importance is the transfer window closes August 7th. Uh, that's big news because uh, there are still some loan opportunities out there. Um, I know I would um, I would be interested in seeing some a certain player maybe get loaned back down from Columbus, uh, but those things will still be worked out. So you won't see uh, you might see some news from around the league of guys being loaned down, especially with the Gold Cup coming to an end. Those uh, players are making their way back to their parent clubs. And that might create some log jams at some MLS teams that might end up having some guys loaned down to USL clubs. So keep an eye on that. Again, August 7th, it's just in a couple days. So there might be a flurry of loanies and signings uh, for fellow USL clubs, including San Diego Loyal. I don't anticipate there being tons of news. I know we just signed a couple players. Um, so I don't anticipate there being tons of news for San Diego on this front, uh, but just something to keep an eye on as this uh, as the transfer window closes um, in between the Gold Cup ending um, and August 7th. Uh, and lastly, uh, this was just announced that Coach Landon Donovan is going to be immortalized in a statue in Los Angeles. Uh, it'll be right before uh, the away game against uh, Los Dos. Uh, Harry, I'm not sure. I'll have to look up the roster freeze, but I, I believe it's uh, it's that sounds correct um so there is kind of the transfer window closes and there will be a roster freeze and then that is your roster uh for kind of the remainder of the season uh so you know folks like real monarchs we're going to talk about a little bit uh tacoma as well as another one to keep an eye on uh los dos and lafc2 or las vegas lights depending on how you want to call them uh those uh rosters will be have to be they'll be frozen uh, so there won't be uh, movement past that as far as adding to your roster uh, for the end of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, so if you want to head up a little bit early to that Los Dos game, although I still don't think they're going to let fans into that one, uh, but you might be able to go to the Landon Donovan stature reveal. Uh, someone's well, Something that's well-deserved. 
um, a kind of icon for the Los Angeles Galaxy franchise is Landon Donovan, uh, and he is being immortalized um, in Los Angeles uh, later in August, I believe. Um, so please keep an eye out for uh, that date. Um, I am looking it up right now. October 3rd. So October 2nd is San Diego Travels to Play uh, Los Dos, and on the next day, uh, Landon Donovan's statue will be revealed on October 3rd. Uh, so that's a good, um, that's a great recognition for Coach Landon Donovan. Uh, but also, uh, it's interesting that they're uh, scheduling it right around the Loyal traveling to the Loyal's tra- uh, trip to Los Dos on October the 2nd. Uh, that's kind of wrapping it up for uh, the news and notes. Uh, but there is a slight concern that I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about today, and that is our mounting injuries. Uh, we saw uh, Colin Martin's been out for a little bit. Um, he kind of looked like he took a knock during the Phoenix match and was listed with a uh, lower body injury. Um, then Callum Montgomery and Grant Stoneman both were injured in that Tacoma match. Uh, Colin Sorry, Callum was able to continue to play. Looks like kind of a rib injury that happened right at the very end in a challenge with the Tacoma goalkeeper. Obviously, uh, Grant Stoneman, um, that was his injury is probably that uh, ball he took to the side of the head in the Tacoma match. Um, probably looking to see him recover uh, quickly. And then Elijah Martin and Jack Metcalf both left with injuries, uh, which is kind of a huge blow to that back line. Uh, Elijah Martin, it looked like uh, a type of muscle injury, and it might have been just a precaution. Uh, And then Jack Metcalf uh, got a pretty late challenge, looked pretty dirty to me. Um, Definitely uh, quasi intent to injure, I would go as far to say, uh, at the end of the uh, Los Dos match. So there are some some mounting injuries that haven't really been as big of a concern for uh, San Diego. Uh, but this is something just to keep an eye on as we move through the uh, this next couple of weeks of the season is um, the next guy needs to step up and we need to see that we're going to see some rotation and maybe see some guys playing slightly out of position, but we do wish all of them uh, speedy recoveries. If they are out, uh, hopefully we see some of those guys in practice uh, this week. Uh, local Chavos and Rainbows Loyals all got invited, uh, got an invitation. So please uh, take a look at that, uh, and we will see you on Friday for that. And hopefully we'll see uh, some of these guys out and actually training and getting some feedback on where they are and if we're going to see them at all this weekend uh, against Real Monarchs. So that's kind of the setting the page to what uh, where we are right now. But let's talk about the week that was. Uh, we have our first up is Tacoma. We traveled up to Tacoma and we lost two to one. Um, this was an interesting one as the lineup seemed rather odd to begin with. I knew that there was going to be some rotation, but wasn't sure whether it was going to be this game or Los Dos. And um, a couple of things I do want to point out in this game is you can see the strength of Colin Martin if you're kind of... Uh, comparing him to Haji in that midfield. Uh, It shows kind of that strength. uh, It shows that strength of Colin Martin in that midfield and how calm he was 
in controlling possession. If you look at Haji, sometimes he had moments of brilliance, which shows his potential. There's also times where maybe he was uh, a little bit too uh, quick to dump it downfield instead of hold position. We've seen Colin Martin do this uh, a few times where he kind of controls the possession to slow it down a little bit, move it uh, and kind of turn a little bit into midfield or turn away from midfield, the center midfield uh, to control the possession, but also to not uh, see possession to uh, the other team. And you can kind of see the, uh, the difference in playing style and also just the experience between a player who is well-experienced and uh, incredibly talented like Colin Martin versus a younger guy like Haji. Uh, I believe uh, there was a story I wrote not that long ago about Colin Martin and Nate Miller saying he's probably one of the more technically gifted players on the roster. And I think that the lack of having Colin Martin really showed in this 2-1 loss. In fact, when Matt Jack Metcalf comes on, he gets subbed in into the midfield which I thought was a little bit of a weird use for him, uh, seeing as he likes to stay on the outside. And I think they lost a little bit of that. He still found his way out there, uh, but that would that forced, um, why am I blanking on his name? I should have written this down. Uh, Hackworth, Morgan Hackworth in a little bit more. And I'm not sure that's his strength. And I'm not sure playing in the middle is Jack Metcalf's strength either. So I thought that was kind of a weird setup. And I think that was a huge factor in the team's inability to play with any type of really strong fluidity. Um, uh, unfamiliar midfield, uh, it felt like things weren't quite clicking. Um, and especially in the second half, Tacoma was really able to uh, hold that midfield possession really well. And we, we saw a couple times where guys would pass or even dribble through that midfield where you didn't have Colin Martin or even Adams uh, in that midfield to kind of lock it down. And I think that really hurt the team. Um, I do want to say that Tacoma is the second best, has the second best home record in the Pacific. So losing to Tacoma on the road might seem like a huge shock because uh, it's Tacoma and the stigma around them is they're not very good. Um, that comes a lot from their away record. They are the worst team on the road in the division, but they are the second best. Uh, they're averaging 2.33 points per game at home. Uh, they're second only to Phoenix at 2.75. Uh, so that shows you how strong Tacoma has been at home. Uh, so this was already going to be a tough one, which is why I think maybe the coaching staff decided to rotate for this one because I already knew this was going to be tough then and getting uh, even a point out of this was a lot to ask. Uh, but I think the team did a very good, uh, uh, did a good job at times. I think they started really well uh, with their high press. They had some turnovers and forced some mistakes, which led to some opportunities. But again, that struggle in the final third still is showing up, especially on the road. I thought they ended pretty well. I thought they had a good run of form at the end. But by this point, uh, it seemed like San Diego was was putting tons of guys forward and making Tacoma defend more. So maybe that was more of, of Tacoma being stuck in defense and San Diego really going for it. But we saw that Tacoma was able to put a third one away against San Diego the last time they went up there. So I, I, I think that there's a, an improvement. Uh, some, some positivity is we are literally seeing the development of Tumi Moshobane. Uh, we are seeing him gain confidence every single week on the pitch. And there's still some, uh, there's 
still a little bit of rough edges with him. I think when he gets around the box, maybe a, not as controlled as we'd like him to be. But I think we're really seeing the, this development of Tumi Moshabani in front of our eyes. He scores this week on an absolutely beautiful header. Uh, a very hard-fought cross uh, from Miguel Ibarra. Uh, a acrobatic head. I was surprised he was able to get that kind of pace on that head. But again... Uh, his third goal of the season, all three with headers at this point uh, against Tacoma. And it really brought it even. And I thought uh, maybe that they sh- that should have been the goal that put San Diego ahead 1-0. Uh, if you go back and watch that first goal, yes, it is a howler, a howler of a goal to give up for Trey Muse. Uh, it looks like he misjudges it a little. It pops up. But I, I think if you look at it one more time, it looks as if the Tacoma player who scores that goal is in an offside position when the ball is shot. Um, and I'm not sure if they count uh, Trey Muse's play, quote, play on the ball as uh, a backwards passer handling that puts him back onside. I would have to kind of look up those rules. Uh, but it looks as if he's in an offside position on the first shot that Trey Muse spills. Uh, But regardless, it is not called. And if the official does not call it offside, it is not offside. Um, That is uh, Azriel Gonzalez put them up 1-0. Tumi Moshabane answers. And then Jack Blake suffers probably his worst blunder of the season on a back pass that doesn't quite get to his target. Gets tipped, uh, gets picked off a beautiful back heel by Gonzalez. And I think Trey Muse maybe could get a hand on it, but that's a tough play. You're running out at the guy and he kind of curls it around Trey Muse's left hand and into the goal, uh, to make it two to one. Um, the other interesting or highlight, um, in this match is the red card. At the time, I did not think that um, Morgan Hackworth should have re- received a red card. Um, the uh, Eric Kisner definitely should have. He takes a pretty hard shot at one of the loyal players. Uh, but I think Morgan Hackworth gets in trouble for responding to that and coming through uh, and probably getting his hand to the neck and head area. Uh, and Morgan Hackworth and Eric Kinzer, Kinsner are both sent off. There is way too many ends in that last name. Are both sent off in the 88th minute. Uh, I thought that, that maybe it was a little unfair at the time, but watching it back again, I think this was probably the right call to send both of these players off for violent conduct about putting their hands to the neck or face area of their opponent. Um, unfortunately, this means it's 10 on 10. Um, I would have, at the time, I thought it could have been 11 on 10. Um, but I think on the course of this match, uh, Loyal might have deserved a draw on this one over the course of the play. Uh, but when you have a couple blunders in the back end, you're going to, against a team that plays really well at home, you're probably not walking out of there with a point. Um, so a tough loss. Um, I would say a lack of familiarity. And some guys definitely playing out of position kind of hindered Loyal in this one. They did not look as sharp and as good as they usually do. I think this one showed how important Colin Martin is to the team for that midfield. 
especially Adams as well. Adams was subbed off at half um, for Jack Metcalf, and I thought that that was kind of the, the nail, not the nail in the coffin, but I think that's kind of what pushed it over the edge in favor of Tacoma. Uh, just kind of a Adams and Martin really command that midfield and everything kind of goes through them. And when you lose both of those players, I think Tacoma really took advantage of that. Um, and it forced some players into positions that they might not usually play in. Jack Blake can play at that, and we've seen him play in that midfield role. I thought Jack Metcalf did a really good job, but it looked a little bit uncomfortable and out of place. And then you lost him a little bit on that offensive end as well. And that puts us into um, a difficult position of another road loss. We talked about this um, with Tacoma's good road form. San Diego's not been performing well on the road at all. Obviously, they did uh, pull out a big victory at Los Dos, we'll talk about next. Uh, and that big victory put move uh, San Diego into fifth place on, uh, for points per game on the road. San Diego is earning less than a point on the road. So this is where San Diego can make up some ground on their foes. Uh, the best away road team right now is Orange County with 1.78. Uh, the last playoff position, if we only did away games, would be Los Dos at one point per game. And San Diego is only 0.11 behind them. So they can make up a ton of ground and really solidify themselves as a fourth-place team with games like they had against Los Dos. And in this one, I think they looked a lot better. Uh, they had uh, the veterans like Adams and Blake really stepped up in this one, and I would encourage you to kind of watch their movements in this match and how they were able to uh, control the space around them and control the ball in, in tight positions and be able to uh, find and hold possession um, and play players kind of out of position slightly uh, by able uh, by using their in increased or higher technical ability than their opponent. Los Dos is a, is a good, fast team, uh, but they do have a lot of inexperienced players that I think Blake, guys like Blake and Adams took advantage of with the, with the ability to control the space. Uh, play in tight um, pressing uh, situations and able to move the ball around and control it. Where in Tacoma, I thought maybe they lost some of that possession um, more than they did against Los Dos, but I thought against Los Dos, a much better road performance. Um, I, I also wanted to point out a lot of good one-touch um possession in this game uh that i've seen them work on this in practice where they literally pass around they play games where you're only allowed to touch the ball once and i think it's, that kind of work really showed up in this match and their ability to move around press uh and to move uh up and back in on the field i think scoring early was super important in this game i think that changed the dynamic a really big heads up play from Corey herzog to take that ball know that their keeper's out of position, uh, and take a nice touch on it. Uh, not to shoot it hard, but to put it right in the right spot. I thought it went wide at first, uh, but to tuck it into that corner and putting up San Diego uh, really early on this one really, I think, changed the uh, outlook of the game scoring in the ninth minute. Um, I, I thought kind of changed how this game was played. I think it gave San Diego some confidence. Um, 
and I, I think it allowed them to play more defensively as the game went on. Uh, Yarrow coming up huge. I think uh, if Austin Guerrero gets a bonus for getting uh, team of the week, um, I think he owes a, a beer or two to Josh Yarrow for that beautiful goal line clearance. Um, I, I thought for sure that was going to be a goal. Uh, pass back to the center dot pretty much with nothing but a defender in your way. Uh, the goal probably 99 times out of 100. Josh Yarrow puts himself square in the middle, uh, braces himself really well, um, and uh, he comes up huge on that goal line clearance. Herzog made the goal that Pele didn't make. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to uh, compare those two. Uh, but I know that was a really big goal for Herzog. I know he'd been in a little bit of a slump and, and getting a 70th goal on his birthday was a probably a huge deal uh, for him as well. Uh, again, Austin Guerrero came up huge. Um, several really key saves. There's a couple headers that very well could have made their way into the back of the net had Austin Guerrero not positioned himself well. He is a quality goalkeeper. A lot of the times we might think that backup keepers are backup keepers for a reason, but Austin Guerrero isn't your typical backup keeper. Uh, I think he starts on some teams in this league and there isn't a lack of confidence in the team when he's behind them in net. Uh, I think he controls his back line. Well, I think he is very vocal and, uh, and he positions himself. Well, uh, again, I think he handled the situation well and, and deserves team of the week. I think it was five saves, uh, and a second shutout on the season, which means I get to get my car washed again. Yay. We all get to get our car wash again. Free car washes. Uh, so if you haven't signed up, I think you have till today to do it. So make sure you get on that link uh, to get your free car wash. If you don't get here, here right back right away, it does take a couple days to get notified of your Soapy Joe's car wash. Uh, or as some of our uh, on the internets, the autocorrect, I believe Brandon was soapy hose but that's a different podcast um i i think there is some i don't want to say negativities but i think there's some things that are were um maybe some places to improve upon um i think sal zizzo is a very smart player and i think he knows his positioning well but i think there's a distinct uh, drop off between his style of play and Elijah Martin's style of play. And I think early on Sal Zizzo was playing maybe a little bit too high. Uh, and it was a, and Los Dos was able to take advantage of that space. But I think getting those two goals really allowed him to play a little bit further back uh, and not give up so much space behind him, especially against a team like Los Dos. Those kids can run for days and they got some speed. Um, I think there was some exploit there that Salzizzo was able to read and react um, and make those corrections mid-game because he's not going to be able to chase down some of those guys. Um, he's not going to be able to put in the, the shift that Elijah Martin puts in as far as chasing guys down. But what Salzizzo does bring to the team is that, uh, that veteran presence, if you will, quote-unquote. Uh, but I, I did think he was maybe a little too aggressive early on and did open up some space behind him that Los Dos was trying to take advantage of and did at times, uh, but I think he did adjust really well and was able to uh, to play uh, maybe a game that he wasn't quite prepared to play. I don't think he was meant to play, uh, but with Elijah Martin 
taking that what looked like a, uh, a muscle injury. Um, I think that he handled himself well, and I think getting those two early goals for San Diego were able to uh, keep him on the pitch um, in a way that allowed him to play more defensively as time went on. Uh, subbing in in the 28th minute after they were already up 2-0, I think as the game went on, allowed him to drop a little bit further and further back. Uh, I do think San Diego controlled possession a lot of the game and controlled the momentum for a lot of the game, um, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Los Dos is not a uh, a great home team. They're averaging one point per game at home, uh, but they can score goals, a positive three goal differential at home. Versus, again, San Diego is .08 on the road and a negative five goal differential. Um, I I thought it was a really good showing for San Diego. Um, Definitely deserved to win this one. I know that there were some folks that were were mad because we were defending toward the end of that game. But I think after a Sunday game, after a Thursday game where – thanks, Tony – uh, the Thursday, uh, Sunday game after a Thursday game, uh, it, it's tough to go a hundred percent on those. Uh, Los Dos was well rested. Uh, so was Tacoma. So it's a really tough situation to find yourself in. And I think that San Diego played a really smart game, uh, at the back end of that. Yes. Going to the, uh, flag in your offensive zone is something you usually see in European tournaments. But at this point, you got to milk the amount of clock you have. And I don't think San Diego quite had the legs to keep up with Los Dos if you're trying to run them all over the pitch. I think you, you try to milk as much clock as you can knowing you have a two-goal lead. And Los Dos is not Phoenix. They're not going to try to run and they can score it in a couple seconds. Uh, and I thought it was a very smart move. Um, hope I'm sending uh, well wishes to both Elijah Martin and Jack Metcalf, who took injuries again. That was a pretty um, a pretty rough foul uh, into the back of Jack Metcalf. I hope he's well. Um, he's a tough guy, so for him to leave, it meant that something was probably it was probably not 100%, and maybe it was just totally precautionary, and we'll see him back out there on Saturday versus Real Monarchs. Uh, but we uh, should celebrate this road victory, uh, San Diego. Uh, winning on the road has not happened very often. Uh, so when it does, I think it's important that we uh, feel good about that. Uh, that brings San Diego's road record to two wins, two draws, and five losses. Uh, obviously, the first four of or four of the five were those first four road games. There is some concern here, um, but that's a concern we don't have to worry about just yet because our next match is against Real Monarchs, SLC. I think that's all their name. I don't think they have an SC in their name. I think it's just Real Monarchs SLC, uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, and this is a tough one to preview, and I'll, I'll give you a couple reasons why. Is If you look up the roster, they do have guys that move up and down between... Uh, why can't I think of the MLS team? Because I haven't thought of them in a really long time. Uh, I always think Real Monarchs. Um between them and their and their parent club, uh, so it's hard. It's a hard roster to really predict uh, because some of their guys do move up and down. You're not really sure who you're going to get, uh, but this is an important matchup. Um, 
San Diego, if they win this match, will move to only three points behind Phoenix at, for home record, uh, which is for how good Phoenix Rising is at home. Um, this is an important thing with how San Diego's road form is going, that we get as many points as we possibly can at home to make sure we have a home playoff match. So right now, San Diego has the third best road or sorry, third best home record with 2.29 points per game and a plus four goal differential, puts us just behind Tacoma. If we win this one, we will pop over Tacoma as the uh, second best home record in the Pacific, which is phenomenal. Um, I think that says a lot about how well they play at home, but also uh, how their uh, grandma's house is becoming a fortress thanks to the wonderful fans and support that come out every week. Um, Packed houses mean a really well-played game. Obviously, the Phoenix one didn't go the way we wanted it to. uh, But for the most part, I thought, I I think home games are pretty good. Real Monarchs are not a good road team. 0-2-5 with a negative 8 goal differential. Uh, They do have road draws to, to Tacoma and San Antonio. But they have lost the last four of five, including their last three road games. Uh, so not a great form coming into this one. But again, we can't take our foot off the pedal. If there's anything we know about USL is any team can pull out anything at any week. Uh, so we can't overlook anybody, especially someone like Real Monarchs. You get one chance at them. And this is an opportunity to say, hey, this isn't a very good road team. Let's go out. Let's dominate early. Let's score. Let's put a couple on the board early. Uh, and we don't, and then we can uh, go from there. Uh, Real Monarchs do play tomorrow against RGV. So if you want to kind of preview them and what they look like, I would encourage you to go do that. Uh, a really good mountain uh, division matchup between Real Monarchs and RGV. Uh, so they will come in a little bit less rested than we will, uh, which is kind of a quirk of the USL season or series. Uh, usually you try to match up a, a team that's played midweek against another team that's played midweek, but that hasn't always been the case this season. So Real Monarchs will play RGV. Then they'll come to town uh, and I believe they play at home against RGV. Then they go on the road against us. And again, this kind of lineup is hard to predict, but there are a couple key players that I would uh, have you guys keep an eye on. Uh, one of them is Charles Weehan. You might know that last name because we face him against OC. Uh, that is his brother. Um, he has been a pretty consistent performer for Real Monarchs and a pretty consistent uh, appearer for that team. A couple other guys to keep an eye on. Noah Powder. He's one of those up and down guys, a really solid uh, wing back type uh, player. Likes to play very offensively. Uh, he played for Orange County for a bit, moved to Real Monarchs. He's one of the few guys um, that moved up and down to the, the first team uh, after Real Monarchs won the USL championship. Um, Malik Johnson had a, a pretty good game against El Paso. Uh, and there's a couple other guys like Milan Alaski and Max Mata who are some other guys to keep an eye on. Again, this is a tough one to preview because if you look at some of their uh, websites roster on this team, uh, their roster is r- relatively light as far as guys actually on their roster. It's not quite as bad as LAFC who have like 
four guys and a Jolly Rancher on their on their roster. Uh, but according to Sofa Score, uh, they have what is that four, six, twelve guys total on their roster, um, like Max Mata, Charles Weehan, um, Malik Johnson. But guys like Milan Oloski, Noah Powder, um, Justin Portillo has also come uh, down once or twice. You just don't know what you're going to get with Real Monarchs SLC, uh, but you know they don't do well on the road. They might be more likely to loan a guy down for this midweek match uh, and then roll the dice with who they just happen to have on their roster for the weekend match against San Diego. But there, there are some guys that you do want to keep an eye on. And again, uh, Charles Weehan uh, does appear quite often, and uh, he is um, just as dangerous, maybe not just as dangerous, but he's very similarly dangerous uh, to his brother in Orange County. I think for San Diego, uh, we saw against Los Dos, when you score early, this team plays with a little bit more confidence uh, and plays with a little less um so what I'm looking at, they press themselves a little less. And I think that that leads to uh, even more goals for them. I think when they're relaxed, when they play their, when they play their game, we get goals like Tumi Moshabane's uh, fourth goal of the season, one that wasn't scored with his head, where you have this kind of, it almost looked like a, a drill from practice um, where you're kind of just like, it's four guys against no defenders. And you're kind of having fun where uh, a bar chips it up. Uh, Corey Herzog very daftly uh, almost shoulders it down, kind of upper chest it right to Toomey, who flicks it in. Uh, those are the kind of goals I think San Diego scores when they're a little bit more relaxed, when they feel like they're not being pressured to score a goal. And I would like to see them play like that because that is the entertaining soccer that we're used to. And I think that happens if you get out of the gate hot and you score Early, And I think that forces Real Monarchs to play a little bit more aggressive to try and get a point. Uh, and then when that happens, I think San Diego can really take it to them. If you watch the uh, Real Monarchs versus El Paso, Real played them pretty well early, uh, but El Paso definitely had the advantage towards the end. Uh, and again, I'm looking forward to that match tomorrow between RGV and Real Monarchs to get a better idea of kind of where that team is. Um, we can defend home. We'll move to second place home record in the Pacific. Uh, and while we can continue to work on our road form, uh, we don't have to necessarily worry about that because we will not be on the road again until August 28th against Sacramento. So this is essentially the back half of the season, right? We started on the road a bunch and then we are at home a bunch and now we're going to be home a bunch and then on the road a bunch. So I think this really gives a chance for the team to come together, form a cohesive group, really get a, a, a head of steam. That's the word I'm looking for rolling. So once they finally hit the road again, against Sacramento, August 28th, they'll have a good run of form going where it won't feel like a road game. It'll feel like a home game just in Sacramento. Um, unlike Los Dos, you can probably go to that match. Um, there are some key matches in between those. I know the orange County one is one that the league has highlighted we will for sure break that one down. I know Orange County supporters are getting a bus together, so they will be bringing a, um, a decent amount of supporters down, and I know they're looking forward to that. And I know look, we're looking forward to host them uh, coming forward. But right now, I think our big thing is to 
take care of business on Saturday against a not great road team. Uh, don't play down to them. Make them play to your strengths. Uh, I think which is that Tacoma match was tough because us playing our strength plays into their strength. Uh, but I think San Diego can put up a good number here. Feel great uh, coming off of that tough road where road swing where we lost one, one, one. And we have an opportunity to continue to solidify ourselves as a playoff team moving into the back half of the season. Uh, we don't see Phoenix anymore, but we're going to see a lot of Sacramento, uh, a fair amount of Orange County, and we still have a, a, a bit of, of love to go for some of our teams like Oakland Roots. Um, whereas Orange County has been able to play, I think, maybe a little bit of an easier schedule, and they're going to have the uh the gauntlet against phoenix so we'll see how this shapes shakes out again san diego right now in third one point behind orange county tacoma is very much in that playoff contention as well but this is our chance to really separate ourselves again go to 27 points on 17 games and say we are here to fight for a home playoff game uh and keep pushing orange county and phoenix uh as we move uh, to the end of the season. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't have any final thoughts. If there's any final thoughts coming from the comment section, you can drop them now. Any score predictions from Real Monarchs, I'm going to say a three to one victory at home against Real Monarch SLC. If you have a thought on your score predictions, you can drop them in. You can hit us up on Twitter at fair underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitter machines at a Underwood 48. Uh, if you are joining the supporters group this Friday at Torero Stadium, uh, I will see you out there at 6 o'clock. Uh, you should have received an invite. Uh, that is all I have. Uh, my name is Alan. It's been a pleasure talking with you this evening, uh, or if you've been listening on the podcast, uh, whenever you listen to us, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And oh, we got a comment. Moshabani is on fire. 2-0, I'm in. Yeah, I think Moshabani has been phenomenal. Uh, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you guys next week yeah next week bye this and every episode is brought to you by the beautiful game network you can find other podcasts on bgn.fm the fairweather podcast is also sponsored by roughneck scarves the official scarf supplier to mls usl and us soccer Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com.